Well, this podcast episode is with Richmond's most recent premiership captain. And that doesn't sound right, does it, when we identify that it's back in 1980. So Bruce Monteith is the special guest I interview for this podcast. Importantly, he explains exactly what happened in 1980 and how he came to be on the bench for the majority of the 1980 Grand Final. Thanks very much for your time, Bruce. Can I ask, what's the what's the full name on your birth certificate? Uh, Bruce John Monteith. And the name Monteith, do you know where that comes from? Uh, it's Scottish, basically. Oh, okay, it's Scottish. Yeah, Scottish, and um, yeah, um, I've got uh, yeah, Scottish on my father's side and Norwegian on my mother's side. So. Really? <laughs> that I did not know. Yeah, Vikings on one side, <laughs> Scots on the other. Oh, heavens. Um, I was very surprised to discover that in your first season at Richmond, I think you played in several final matches. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I, um, uh, 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 nineteen seventy-five was it was a great year for me because when I arrived at the club, yeah. um, you know, that won back-to-back premierships. And uh, I can remember Graham Mishman saying to me that um, he said, "Oh, look, you know, don't expect to get in the same team straight away yeah. because you know we've got a super team here and you're only young and blah blah blah." And of course, I took that as a Matter of fact, uh, at the first in nineteen seventy, the end of seventy four, the 
Um, so it was it was a dream come true for me because having played at 16, I'd played nearly 60 league games by the time I was 18. And I'd played state football as well against Victoria and South Australia. And I, so I'd, you know, I had good experience by the time I got there. With, you know, today with the, the recruits, they're all 18, but they come straight out of bloody high school or college, you know, so mm. they haven't quite got that sort of rounding. Were you more mature than maybe other people at your age? Not sure. Not sure. I certainly knew what I wanted. Yeah. But uh, and I was pretty well driven. Um, but it's, it was like a dream come true. And I, uh, I played pretty... I won the first and best at my club in South Fremantle. And, um, I, you know, I'd, I'd been in state squads in 73, so and then I played in 74. And so I was, I was pretty much wasn't uh, overawed by the whole thing. That's why when Graham said to me, don't, you know, this is when I first arrived there, don't think, you know, don't, don't be too disappointed if you don't get a game. I thought, well, so that's the reason I've come here. So uh, I made sure I did. Was it, were you a fairly outspoken player? I mean, would you, would you, you know, query this with Graham and say, well, I've, I've actually come here to play football, not to... Yeah, I, I challenge him, um, but I, I, I've always had a strong, a strong uh, personality and, and um, yeah, sort of more of a leadership personality, both in business and, and so, I, yeah, I, I, I find that uh, interesting, I find it a challenge, so... Was it, Gra- was it Graham who recruited you? Uh, probably more swabby. Um, okay. Yeah, Swabby was. Interesting enough, Swabby had seen me play state schoolboys. Um, I played uh, in those days. They didn't have what they call sixteen to eighteen like they do today. They had, it, was, it was just state schoolboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played as a young, I was the youngest kid playing when I made the old Australian team. Very young, thirteen or fourteen. And then I played it again the following year. And, and Swabby kept turning up and giving me saying hello and all, which is fantastic of Swabby to be that. You know, he knew what was going on even those days. So, and he'd always kept him sending me jumpers and just kept in touch. And he said, "Oh, look, one day, son, you might, you know, you might make it. We'd be interested." Well, when he heard that I'd made played league at sixteen, he was pretty interested. So. Did you follow the fortunes of Richmond? I did, as a matter of fact. So it was all that sort of influence of. I wasn't following up till then, but imagine when you're thirteen or fourteen and there's a VFL club talking to you, and a pretty good one called Richmond, and they're talking to you, and you're in Perth, and you're thirteen or fourteen. Um, you tend to sort of follow them, so that's so I did. So it's always been a lifelong thing to play for Richmond, and I'd always, when I was at high school, I always had to, you know, get out any books on football and always try and read up on, you know, Royce or your dad or, or you know, Mike or any of those boys or, or you know, uh, Dickie Clay. And it was just such a uh, just such a wonderful thing to, uh, you know, your boyhood dream sort of to play, you know, play them all those. Did you have to so, pick yourself when you realised you were playing in the same team as Royce? Absolutely. Yet after you but, just read him in a book, you know, a few years earlier? A- absolutely. Absolutely. It was just wonderful. It was fantastic. Did you ever feel as though you maybe almost didn't deserve to be playing at that stage? Uh, no, I, I always, I always had, uh, uh, how can I put it, uh, enough confidence in my own ability. And I played OK at state level even as a kid against pretty good Victorians. And uh, I thought, well, if I can get in, I can cut it. And I... Uh, and I just needed to, to, to get in. And my scratch, well, you know, the practice match form was pretty good. And then I was okay when we went, went through the season. I was just kicking myself getting suspended for those four weeks. I actually won the in the first year after I missed, I think, four weeks, a couple of weeks with injuries, so it was about six weeks. Um, and I won the Kazali's in 1975 for the best rapper over in the competition. Did you really? So, yeah. So, um, it's an odd little trophy too. It was. It was a funny little trophy. And they, they used to have... I think they do a gold Kazali. I think I won that. And uh, it might have been your dad. I can't remember. It might have been Lee Matthews. Mm. And um, and then they had uh, one for every position, like the, the best forward. And the best, and I won the best utility player, which is the Ruck Rover. I think I built, beat Malcolm Blight. So, uh, 
Yeah, or it's Tucky. It's Tucky or Blighty, one of the two. That was my first year, so was, it was a good start. Were there higher expectations on you then for the second year? Uh, 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 on yourself, even? Oh, both, I would think. And we, we then there was the signs of, um, like, a great side crumbling, and that's, that's why it was a wonderful effort to, to go from 75, where we just missed out, went down in the doldrums, and to come back and, have, and win it again by 80 was a, a, a brilliant effort, really. Um, uh, because a lot of the, the stars were starting to fall. You know, Royce was having trouble with his knees. Yeah. Uh, a few of the blokes were sort of retiring, like you know, Michael Green and Barry Richardson and uh, Gareth Andrews. And, do you know what I mean? A lot of blokes sort of went by the Dickie Clay, might have played another year, and that was about it. So we lost a lot of players, and then we had all these young ones coming through. So we, it, it, was, look, it was an interesting time at the club, it really was. And then, of course, there was pressure on Tommy to go, which... I wish he, he hadn't, and I, I think it was a bad blow of GR to try and get rid of him, which he did, as you know. And you, you'd know more about the history of Tommy than I would, so it, it, it was a real shame, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tommy actually, I think, agreed to continue on for the 78 season, or, or 77, whichever one it was, and then sort of changed his mind. You're right, there was a lot of pressure there. Did, oh, the pressure, he changed his mind because he was almost forced to. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the guy had only, you know, he'd won 67, 69, uh, 73, 74, and had all the finals. Missed by a kick to get in the grand final in 75, coach 76, and they got rid of him. It was just ridiculous. Well, how much of an influence was he to you personally? Fantastic. I mean, to be young, to have the great Tommy Hafey, to have all those players I talked about around me and, and who, you know, you've become lifelong friends with, and, and to be young and playing with those blokes, because I see them today and I still go fishing down there at uh, Hastings with the past players and get Dickie and all the boys. It was just wonderful. And Tommy was still when he sees you and, and he, you know, I remember when you came home with your girlfriend and all that He was just great. And he was, I mean, he was a coach that when I first got him, he invited me down to his holiday house at Sorrento or wherever it was. I mean, who does that? Which coach do that these days? I mean, and so, you know, you'll probably be a bit lonely come down for the weekend, you know. So it's just wonderful. Just, just incredible. So you'd, you'd do anything for him. And, and I was a bit lost. I didn't know anyone here. Um, I was living by myself. And uh, he was he was terrific. Um, where, where did you hear that he had been sacked as Richmond coach or no longer continued? How did you hear the news? I can't remember so long ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, I certainly wasn't happy when I heard it. At any stage, at that, at that point, Bruce, did you have to maybe reassess yourself at Richmond with a new coach coming in? And uh, no, I was pretty established by then. I was just, I was just, I was just shocked that he was going. But I really just wanted to, you know, be successful at Richmond, and um, and uh, I just thought that the, the, the young blokes that we that were coming into the side, I thought, well, if we get the right group of people in the club do it right, there was every chance that yeah. maybe maybe we'll have a chance at the Premiership like those great players did, and. Uh, uh, yeah, luckily, uh, luckily it all it all happened. It was it was great, but the place did nearly fall apart. You know, Swabby sort of went away, and you know it was all sort of changing. But it was great. There was good good young players came into that side, so was, which was good. And they still had Woody who was there, and there was uh, Cloakey and myself. And then the, obviously the younger blokes started coming, like Rangey, and then uh, Dale Aitman and, uh, and Mark Lee, you know, all the real younger blokes. So uh, it, you could see it was starting to form the the, the, the framework for a new side. You know. It was interesting to discover that you actually played quite a lot of consecutive games. Yeah, I did. Um, I think I, I was, counted 80 or so. Yeah, I was, it was, it, yeah, it was heading towards 100 and I, I, um, I uh, got, got badly injured and I, I, the miss, which is insane. But So I suppose I was a pretty consistent player. Did you play many reserves? Not a lot. The, the ones I did play were always coming back from either uh, from injury. So I also got a... Um, um, I can't remember which year it was. It might have been the very first year or the second 
under Tommy where I got uh, I got smashed in the face at training with a football and uh, what? Uh, some, uh, the, someone did a torpedo, a low torpedo on a wet coal. You know how the ball gets really heavy and yeah. someone did a real hard torpedo and the, it was a young boy, I can't remember it was from Tasmania, was in front of me and he thought it'd be funny to duck oh, no. and it hit me in the eye and dropped me and uh, I can remember I was taken to hospital in an ambulance and I ended up St Vincent's for two weeks with, they thought I was going to lose sight of my eye. So, that was in the middle of a footy season, so I suppose I must have missed oh, no, weeks and I would have come back through the reserves there. So uh, I look back and think of, you know, whether I would have a chance of the fairest and best in that. It was always hard because I was missing bloody weeks through suspension or, or, or injury. But once I, so those reserves games were always coming back from those sort of things. Was that injury maybe in 76? I think it might have been. Yeah. You, after round uh, 14, 76, you didn't play for the remainder of the season. Yeah, that would be it. That would be it. And you finished the—I mean, you finished the season on twenty-four goals. Yep. Um, you kicked five against Melbourne that year, yep. and four against Geelong. So, I mean, something yeah, something pretty severe had to have happened for you to suddenly yeah, fall off the face pretty, of the earth. Yeah. Well, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the eye, and then it was also got suspended for two weeks as well. Were you very? Were you close to losing the eye? Uh, it was well. It was blood, blood was coming out, but on oh. my cheek. And um, the Barry Richard, Tommy was funny because he, he saw it, and I just got up. And uh, he, he said, what's wrong? I said, I, I can't see it in my eye. And I, I didn't know at the time, but it was blood. And it, 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 it pushed my eyeball back in the head. And he, he said, I'll go jog lap. <laughs> and Barry Richardson, who was who had retired and was the reserves coach, yeah. he grabbed me. He could see the blood coming in my eye. And he, he said, Bruce, just, just lay on the ground here, mate. And uh, he wow. said to Tommy, Tommy, shit, we've got to ring the ambulance, mate. He's, he's in bad way. So, um, but his top typical Tommy wants to go jog a lap, it'll be, it'll be okay. Bruce, I think they need to do a Toyota ad. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? No, I this, looked, this, uh, this Francis Burke one holds nothing compared to this. <laughs> but the, the trouble is, mate, I mean, you're spending two weeks, like, like when you want to be playing football, you spend two weeks on your back in St. Vincent's Hospital with your eyes covered for 14 days. You wonder how you ever did it, you know. But, <laughs> and uh, but then go back and you know, start again. You know. 78 seemed to be a great year for you, winning the, the, the goal kicking award too with 55 goals. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good year. It was, we were just starting to... You know, play better. We we've been in and out of the finals a bit, and, and then we 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 were just starting. All the young blokes were starting to come come good, and most of the goals I kicked Brett, were as a ruck rover. That was the interesting thing. So um, I I ruck roved and changed on the half forward flank. So if I if normally, if you, you know, look back on those sun school things, would be up close to those sun competitions because you get your you know you try and aim for your 25, 30 touches, and they try and kick. You know, three or four goals a game as well. So that 78 was done as a ruck rover on our fourth flank. What, what did you find more comfortable position for you? That's ruck roving. Style. Ruck roving. Yeah, ruck roving. And, and that's, that's, I'm a, I've been a state ruck rover. I'd won the first and best ruck roving in South Ramo when I was 17 or 18, I can't remember. And then I came over here and I was ruck roving and then um, I won the Cazales ruck rover. And then I, I played a lot of State of Origin. You know when State of Origin came in? Mm-hmm. So State of Origin came in in 77. That very first game, I was ruck row for Western Australia. I was all Australian in '77. So '77 was a good year too. I was all Australian, and we uh, WA won that. And then in '79, I was ruck row in the state of origin again for the carnival, and we won WA won the carnival, the very first state of origin carnival. So I was ruck row there. So I suppose right through, I kicked a hundred and I think I kicked nearly two hundred goals for, for Richmond, and, and most of that was as a ruck row, which wasn't a bad return for blokes on the ball most of the time. And for someone who played, I mean, how, how many total seasons did you play with Richmond? Only six. You've achieved a lot in your six years. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe a lot of people perhaps 
don't always think of. Would, would you agree no. with that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think you're often overshadowed in when people talk about good footballers and, and people who really contributed to the club in, in, in the yep. late seventies and early eighties. Yep. Yep. You find yourself that you've almost got to say, "Hey, don't forget me." Uh, well, not really. I don't worry too much about that. I think it's more of a, a lower profile, and, and as you, you you know, but I you know when, when you, someone's playing consecutive games like that, that means that you're getting picked pretty much straight away every time, and you, you're consistent, and 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 my stats would show that. So oh, if, if I was playing as you know, you'd be up there with your 30, 32 possessions. I mean, the Sun score. Remember these? Oh, I don't know if you remember the kids. Oh, yeah, the Sun yeah. score sort of thing. It'd be tuck. I mean, there'd always be tuck. Myself, or we'd always be vying for the because you could just be playing at your sevens and eights, and you'd be your father, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm probably not the, the flashiest players in the, in the world, but just reasonably consistent. So. But if, if for those who never saw you play and who may read this interview in, in years to come, what were your strengths and your weaknesses? Uh, I could read the play, I'd uh, uh, get the ball, um, I was a pretty good mark, uh, one grab mark, uh, happy to back back in the backs all the time. And um, reasonable kicker, got a pretty pretty long kick. I won a strange kicking contest once when I was playing with Richard. As in, as in the length, you mean? As in the longest kick? Or? Yeah, I went, um, I don't know, I was finished off on the same floor, and then probably the weakness was just pace. So, um, yes, yeah, so, as, as I was getting old, I was just losing pace. So when I went back to Western Australia, and I ended up playing centre half forward. I played state footy at centre half forward, so I played a. I played state footy as a ruck rover, a centre forward and a half forward, so, but I just by that stage I'd lost pace, so I had to play forward. Um, but the kicking thing was an interesting thing. I, I think I was 75 or 76, that Richmond asked me would I go into a strain kicking contest at Wagga. Of course. And, uh, and a guy called Des Lay had won the Australian kicking thing and been flying over the US or something like that. So myself and Nev Roberts, uh, we drove to Wagga. And there was uh, Jeff Southby and Mackay and all the folks, you know. It was a $1,000 first prize. It was a hell of a lot of money back in 76. 75, I can't remember. Yeah, petrol would have been cheap too. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and bugger me, Dad, I, you know, we all went up there for a bit of fun and I ended up winning the freaking thing. So how big was your kick? I can't remember, 70 or something like that. Torpedo? Yeah, torpedo. Torpedo in the old days, yeah. But so they're just the funny things that come out of it. So I was a reasonable kid. For a person who won, uh, you know, a goal kicking award was was a very consistent play with Richmond. I find that the one thing that you'll always be remembered for is, do you know what the rest of the sentence is? Oh, of course, I'd, I'd love a dollar for every time I'm asked because they forget half your career and they go, oh, what happened? Then on the bench in the game. Oh. Do, do, do you find that that's something that is more of a hindrance for you now? Oh, no, it was early because it drove me nuts, yeah. and uh, you know, it's. Uh, in, in, 19, in 1980, and, and probably you, you doing this is probably would help more than anything because you can't sit up in the rooftops and tell everyone what really was going on. Sure. Tony Jewell was great one day when uh, we, it was years, or about seven or eight years ago, we were at a function and it was a reunion. There was about 500 people in the room and someone asked that question. I would answer it and, and Tony grabbed the mic and said, no, I'll answer it. And um, he said, what you don't realise is that Bruce was injured all year. He had torn all the ligaments in his ankle from the bloody first game of the year. And I was getting blood drawn out of my back twice a week from the middle of the season, right up until the final. I actually withdrew, and it—it's it, just different today. They just wouldn't even let you play. Whereas um, I had um, had a giant hematoma on my uh, spine, which I'd been crunched in, and that was uh, Ben Weiss, the club doctor. He's still my doctor today. Is he really? Benny would, I remember yeah, ben. yeah, Benny would drag the blood out of my spine on a Monday, and he'd drag it out again on Friday or sometimes Saturday morning so I could play. 
and uh, I get needles in my leg to play as well. I was operated on oh, eight days after game five. So, I mean, to, to, to even play with a miracle, I think I kicked 43 goals for the year, and I was stuck in a fourth pocket. Let's have a, I think you're right, actually. 41, 42, 43, I can't 43 goals. 43. So, today, that's a reasonable fourth pocket, isn't it? And, and, oh, God, and you played, you played all but three games that season. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, so, to get in, the, get in that team, I, I actually, I went to Tony and withdrew from the side. Because for, I said... For the, for the premiership? For the finals, right. because I said, look, I'm captain of this side, and if I'm really a true leader, I've got to do what's best for the side. Right. And now this sounds terrific now. It sounds really magnanimous now, but at the time, as hard as this I've made my life, because I knew that I could be keeping out a fit player that they may need in the final. Yeah. And you know, I, I was happy. I, I think I kicked you know, some, some fives. I kicked, kicked an eight. Spot on. I kicked, yep. But this is all in the fourth pocket. But. I thought, well, you know, with all the bloody drawing the blood out, I mean, what's going to happen if I don't fire? So I went and withdrew, and there's headlines about it, and I withdrew and all that sort of thing. And um, we'd been going pretty well. So I withdrew to the last game of the year against South Melbourne. Spot on. And we went and played against them, and we got thrashed. We got absolutely fucking thrashed. Yes. It was unbelievable. And it, I think they were on the bottom, we were on the top, or close to it. And and I, did, I missed the first final against Carlton. Correct. Waver Park. And, yeah. And then... But uh, I said to Tony, I'd train. I'd keep training with the boys because I was still the captain of the team. I'm proud of the team and I'll keep training, which I did. Thank Christ I did because uh, we had a lot of injuries in the Carlton game. Right. And Tony came up to me and said, will you, will you consider playing again? And I said, sure, sure. So I, 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 I think I played against too long. That's right. I just, sat on, I just sat on the bench for the whole game and uh, came on and, and kicked the goal and took a couple of marks. And then uh, in the grand final, Tony said, oh, look, you know, you, you've withdrawn. I don't know whether we'll take the risk. And I said, well, it's your call. And uh, they did. They put me in. And I think it was it was just one of those wonderful things that Richmond can do every now and again. And um, it was, I think it was as much for everything, just for being part of the whole thing over the last six years, the service. And I tried to do the right thing by the team. And... It was a wonderful gesture, and so it's a, it's, it's a lot to tell people. So I don't. I just say, yeah, I was on the bench, and I was injured. Sure. That was it. But there was a lot more to it, and it was a very tough, tough year to, to get through with needles and, and, and blood being withdrawn. But I still, I, I still reckon I helped with forty-three goals. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Did, did you find that in that week leading up to the grand final? I mean, did you find yourself toying with decisions about you know whether to push yourself up for selection or whether? To I did. I did. Out? I mean, at once. Once I played against Geelong, yeah. and I knew that they, they were considering playing me and taking a risk, I said, I won't waste it. And they said, no, 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 we, 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 you're a real chance. And so I came, my guts out. And, uh, oh, look, it was just fantastic. And it was just one of those games, too, that when I led the side out, I was, I was happy to start on the bench because of my injuries. And if you remember, Royce Hart did that, too, in, one of, in 73, started on the bench. And um, But the, it was one of those games that was over a quarter time, and no one got injured. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> right. So it was, it was one of those where you had to sit there for the whole, because everyone was just playing so well, there was no injuries, and which was hard to believe. So Can I, can uh, I ask a question, and, and if you don't wish to answer it, it's fine. Was, was Graham Richmond at this time supportive of you coming back into the side? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I mean, was everyone uh, okay for you to, to return? Even though I, you, you, you I reckon, what? I reckon it would be some that would be saying, "Why take the risk?" Yeah, yeah. So I, I would assume that there would have been debate, and I would assume that there would have been uh, robust debate. Right. As, as you can imagine. Yeah. So it, you're taking a risk on someone who's been carrying injuries all year, and he, you know, he's actually withdrawn on the side, not worried sure whether he can get through. And. 
decision. Who would have? I think I think, the, I think the coach and the and the um, match committee. Yeah. And it was a, um, supported by the the board. So uh, it's a wonderful story when you think about oh, it. Absolutely. And uh, but yeah, I'd love a dollar for every time someone's asked me about it. But geez, it's great. I, I was there. I'm glad I was there. And it was a uh, it was a childhood dream, right? To as you know, I came from another state. Um, I, I was a West Australian, I was an outsider. And I was captain of the premiership side at 24 years of age, yeah. so um, that's and that's a childhood dream. So it wasn't bad. I didn't care where I was. Big bonus. So. <laughs> Can I ask? Did you, I've only got a few more questions. Sure. Can I ask? Did you find leading up to the, the, the final series or the finals that maybe you shouldn't you, you shouldn't be captain and you should pass it on to someone else? Well, that that, that sort of happens anyway because you've got vice captains. And, right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't it? So that's if you you withdraw, you got them. If you're on the field, you're the captain. I mean, I was still captain on the field, hand off, you know, and that's just as important. So the, the leadership role is, is is as much as what you do on the field as you, as you do off, and that's why you find some clubs that struggle because they got captains that are too quiet or yeah. you know, what I mean, just you just you've got to have strong leadership. And I, I, I believe that's the same in business. I think. I think. I, I was, I'm a pretty strong leader, and um, I, I think by doing what I did, I think was uh, trying to show strength. Um, which then try not to be selfish, which and I think that's a good leader. It's interesting because um, because we look. I look back now after speaking to you about this and, and reading yeah. about it, and for 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 a period of time in which it's not, it doesn't seem to be quite a positive thing. There you are on the bench and all that. You, you mm. certainly seem to be taking a lot of positives from it. Absolutely, and, well. and I think and I think that look at the end of the day, it's one of those things that, and I found it all my life that if you make self-sacrificing decisions yeah. no matter what they are they will repay you they might repay you in one day they might pay you in a week they might pay, you know yeah. you've seen that in war you've seen people do self-sacrificing decisions I made one yeah. and within two weeks I'm back in the team play yeah. after I've withdrawn from the bloody thing because all these injuries happened and I feel sorry for those guys but it just happened and all of a sudden it opened up again so it was a yeah, it's just an incredible thing and I ended up being able to do what, what you know when I was named captain at the beginning of the year I was, like I was vice captain the year before as well so in 79 uh, to your dad your dad was captain and I was vice captain so um, I suppose I'd always had the leadership thing all the way through so. well he also he quit the captain scene in 79 you know, he did he, he, he was disenchanted with the club and was going to go to Essendon and Collingwood he was that's right. So, so you were vice captain that stage. I was, and he was he was not getting on well with Tony Jewell. That's right, I remember exactly right. Yeah, and he was very very frustrated, and we all were because Tony was uh, Tony to say that the least was volatile, and yeah. uh, he he was making you know because I was like raving, and I changed an halfway flank, and because your dad was on the other one, so there was you know we'd be close in the middle. Uh, Monteith on the change and then Tony was trying to change the forward line the way we did it so it was frustrating the shit out of your dad frustrating me I went to Tony about halfway through the year in 79 we, we'd lost about I, know, I think we'd won two or three out of the first 11 mm. and uh, but I thought we had a good side and I said Tony was so defensive let us go just let because he wanted you to pick up pick up pick up and to his credit he said okay because we're fit because we're trying to well, yeah, I know that a huge procedure. Mm-hmm. But I think we won the last seven out of 11. I had just missed out on the finals and we played Essendon who were the so-called gun baby bombers in those days. And they had made the finals. Everyone's saying, this Essendon team's going to go on. And we played them at Essendon. I remember, never forget this. And they were just about to play finals and we were going to miss out. And we belted them. Absolutely belted them in 79 at Essendon. And they were the gun young side. And we thought, shit, that all goes well for the following year, which was 80. So, yeah, it, yeah so there was good signs there. 79 was... Fortress at the beginning, but turned it back out again. Well, I need and I'm glad, and I'm glad you didn't go. 
I think everyone's glad. <laughs> Even Ian Wilson said he was glad, or else they would have strung him up from the top of the light pole he quoted. Exactly right, mate. Can I ask, how long did you actually spend on the ground in the 1980 grand final? Oh, bugger all. I think about 15 minutes. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, that's when I came on. And, um, did that one come off for you, I think? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, so there was no, no injuries, what have you, and it was just a matter of saying who was going to come off to get on. So, I mean, at, um, any, at any point, does, does Bruce want to speak to Graham Richmond, who's on the bench, or, or, or you know, the coach, to say, can you let me on earlier? <laughs> I would have liked it, and I certainly thought it, but at the end of the day, I was happy to be there. Oh, and, uh, it, was just, it was just one of those days. I mean, you could have had... Well, not that you'd wish it, but someone could have, you know, rolled an ankle or something in the first five minutes you're on, but it didn't happen, and it was, it, look, I was happy to be there, and that's what I said to everybody else, look, I'd rather have been there than not there, and um, it's, uh, it's it's just a wonderful feeling, and it still was, and it was um, it was just terrific. Can you remember, and I'll be very quick, because I know you've probably got things to do, do you remember the moments, you know, just before raising the Premiership Cup, just standing there? Yeah, I, do, I mean, I, I think it all, yeah, it, 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 it all sort of come, I mean, it, because it wasn't a tight game, you had a bit more time to think about it, and I was just keen to get on and run around and get going, but I was just thinking to myself, too, Wiz, I mean, this is the penultimate moment in, in your football career when you, you know, you, you, we're going to be a premiership side here, I'd gone close in 75 with the boys in, in the preliminary final, and, and everyone thought Richmond would be down for about 10 years, and they weren't, and I thought, what a great club, and just how proud I was, and just to be able to know that within seconds someone's going to go and you're going to hold that cup in the air and talk as yours for history forever. So um, it was a wonderful thing, and I was pleased. I mean, I was proud of all the boys because there's a lot of boys that came there. Mickey Mulders came from another club, That's and right. uh, Roachy came from Tasmania. And it, it, it was a terrific bunch of blokes there, and uh, it was just it was just sad, Rhett, that we didn't win you know, two or three premiers in a row. We should have won 80, 80, 182 within three or four years. Uh, Woody's gone. Yep. Uh, Clokey's gone, Rain's gone, and I was gone. It was just silly. And we're all about 24, 25. It's stupid, you know. Did you, uh, did you firmly grasp that cap and not give it to anyone? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I, bloody, uh, I was happy with it. And then, of course, you hand it around, you run around the oval. So it was, it was just, it was just a, a wonderful moment. I think, the, I think the, 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 the sad part now is that nothing's happened for, what, how long is it, mate? 28 years. And yeah, the last I can remember premiership captain. That's right. And I, I can remember when I went to the club and they'd had all this great uh, success and they said to me, you know, Bruce, that we've, we've been such a great club since 66, 67 and, uh, you know, we don't want to go back to the dark days. And I said, oh, what are the dark days? And they said, oh, that's, that's when we didn't win a premiership for 24 years, from 43 to 67. <laughs> and I thought, no, we'll never, ever do that. Jeez, and of course, we've done it. We're four years past it. Uh, I know, and at the moment we're not looking as though we're, we're, we're any, anywhere close to it at the moment. No, exactly. So uh, that, that, that is a sad part. Uh, one day, you know, it's time to probably hand the baton on, you know. Uh, two very short questions and I'll let you go. Sorry for taking up your time. No, no, no. Did you, did you swap your Guernsey after the match? No. Because there is a photo in my book of Richmond players wearing Collingwood Guernseys doing a lap of honour. Yeah. Yeah, there is, and there's no one on I do that because at the end of the day, I mean, that jumper has pride of place on, a, on my wall. Yeah. And, you know, I reckon, you, 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 Jesus Christ, you play for the jumper, you find him in the game, but why would you give it away? Why would you want to go? I hate Colin. Well, it's funny, Michael Roach, you know, regrets it miserably. I'm sure. Yeah. With his, he hasn't got a photo of himself with the Premiership Cup. No, he's got a jumper running around with a Collingwood jumper. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, I think it's dopey, and I, I think that, uh, Christ, I mean, most of us hated Collingwood. Why would you want their jumper? Oh, everyone, everyone just has to Collingwood. <laughs> they still do. And they lost to Carlton, which was great. Um, how does the 1980 Premiership captain not play for Richmond the following year? Well, that was an interesting one because I, I came out, I went in for an operation. And this is where, this right. is where the influence of Graham is. 
I've got it. And so I was weighing up thinking, you know, if I haven't got East support, you know, what, what happens here? So I just had a, we'd had our first child right. and um, I'd had a lot of business opportunities offered to me in Melbourne and I'd had some terrific business opportunities offered to me in Perth, in property, which I'm in, still in. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I can't go any higher. I've had six great years. I'm captain of winning premiership side. Uh, maybe I'll take up those business opportunities and raise a family in Perth, which is what I ended up doing and had four kids. And I played on for another... What did I play on Perth? I played on for another... Five, no, uh, I played back to my old club, South Romano. Right. And I played another five years in Perth, and I said I played state football right through to about 29 or 30. So what... what what does what have you gotten from football that you can take into your business life? What were the things that football sort of taught you? Um, I think footy teaches you a lot. It's, uh, you, you start with um, the fact that it's, it teaches you discipline, yeah. uh, which you must have in business. Then it teaches you how to get on with people. Mm. Then it teaches you that um, you can't please everyone because when you run out in the field, 50% of the people hate you before you even start the game. So it, it, you, you, you very quickly learn that you can't please everyone in business and some people you're just not going to please. So that's a very important lesson. You also learn, you've, you've learned very much that goal setting and hard work do pay off. Um, once again, in a team environment, and the team environment is that everyone's got to work together to reach those goals. Footy teaches you everything. It teaches you disappointment. It teaches you to be humble. A lot of guys in business never played sport. The first thing that goes wrong in their life, that you know, they're, they're depressed. They want to take tablets. Mm-hmm. Footy, Christ, that happens every second week, doesn't it, Red? Oh, uh, so, yeah. And the pressure, the added pressure of doing things under pressure and performing under pressure and making decisions under pressure. Um, it's such a great learning curve for, for for anyone going into business. So, um, and you know, it's that's yeah, fantastic. So, to end the interview, can I ask Bruce, how do you? If you look back at your time at Richmond, how would yeah. you describe it in a in a few sentences or in a few memories? I, I think my time at Richmond was uh, one of the most fulfilling times of my life. In that, um, I was going there as a as a young man, I suppose, on you know trying to head off into manhood and, and, and to, aiming to reach his goals in football and to. To be surrounded by those champion players, to have to start with Tommy Hafey as the, the, the one of the greatest coaches, if not the best to ever been, and then to nearly reach the heights with that team, go to the down the bottom sort of thing, and then go back up again. Uh, it's just wonderful memories and something that is very close to my heart, and and, and Richmond always will be. And uh, yeah, just uh, in a way, I wish I played there for right through for my whole career. And looking back, my greatest regret is probably making that decision to go back and follow business and a bit of footy rather than stick with the footy, but that's, uh, I'm still happy with what I did. But having said that, you, you, you've achieved almost everything that a, a person yeah. wants to play football achieved. Yeah, I've, I've done, that's right. I've done all Australian and I've played 10 or 12 state games and I've played in three different positions in state footy and I've captained the premiership side. and leading goal kicker. Yeah, leading goal kicker. So it hasn't been too bad. And, and, and all in a, in a high-quality club, not one that was on the bottom. No, that's right. You had you had some uh, some tough people to actually play with to try and yeah, win exactly. those awards. Um, yep. So thank you for your time and, and congratulations on a great career too. Good on you, Red. Thanks very much, mate. So now you've heard the true story of Bruce Monteith's career and the 1980 Premiership season. A reminder, if you're listening on iTunes, if you don't mind just taking a few seconds to type in a sentence or two in the reviews section 
or if you can also just put in a few stars on the reviews section as well, just so it makes people aware of the podcast and pushes it up the list and all that sort of thing. Uh, if you're after Richmond history information, by the way, you can go to my website, which is www.tigerlandarchive.org, or you can just Google Tigerland Archive. Until the next podcast, good thanks.